0: Welcome back to Memoirs, the podcast, the only podcast where you can hear true stories about bad dates. As always, I am therapist underscore Bay underscore. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and check out Memoirs online at www.men moirs.com. Let's get into episode three. Episode three The Man That's For Everybody. You really have to get out more. We should kick it. I read the words as they popped up on my iPhone, then quickly slid the message across the screen to dismiss it. Truth be told, I did need to start going out more. I was young, single, and living in a major city. Despite having so much at my disposal, I spent most weekends crocheting, reading, and snacking on almonds. I was living like a 67-year-old Nana. It was clear I needed to switch things up, but my standards were high when it came to who I wanted to spend my spare time with. I worked 50-plus hours a week, and like any true introvert, I felt my weekends were best spent alone to recharge and to prepare for another full week of pretending to like social interactions and people. I hated the gamble of going on a date with someone who could potentially annoy me. It was far too risky. On my last date, I found myself zoning out and imagining all the laundry I needed to do. Even when I was out and about, my heart was at home. I decided to respond to the message. The sender was Jeremy. A 30-year-old real estate agent. We had gone out when I first moved to the city, but the date was lackluster. I was so focused on settling in that after our awkward lattes at Cafe Intermezzo, I never called him. Our relationship had dwindled down to occasional social media likes, and I was comfortable with that, but it appeared he was after a fresh start. I figured I had nothing to lose, so we scheduled a date for the following weekend. He was hoping to reconnect sooner, but I could not drum up enough interest. I was knee-deep in yarn, and I couldn't possibly see him on such short notice. The week leading up to our date, we chatted daily, and I realized he had more of a sense of humor than I initially thought. We decided to go to the Atlanta Jazz Festival. I was new to the Atlanta festival scene, but I figured any outing with the potential for funnel cake was a good date. When Saturday rolled around, we decided to meet at his house, and from there we would drive to the festival. I hit traffic on the way and arrived 15 minutes later than expected. To my surprise, laid-back Jeremy got pretty impatient while waiting for my arrival. When I pulled up to the large brick house, he was already in his car, tapping on the steering wheel anxiously. I quickly parked and walked up to his car. Sorry, I had no idea traffic would be this bad during the middle of the day. It never gets that bad back home in Cleveland, I said as I yanked the passenger door. I jumped with surprise when I noticed there was a woman sitting in the passenger seat. Hi! the passenger said in a French accent. Aye, Gigi, she continued in broken English. Oh, hey, I replied, confused and trying not to contort my face so that I could remain easy breezy looking. Ray, Gigi, Gigi, Ray, Jeremy jumped into our exchange to introduce us but failed to provide an explanation. Are you going to get in? Jeremy asked as I was still standing next to the passenger door. "'Yeah, I'll get in as soon as you tell this heifer to get out,' I thought. But instead of saying what I was thinking, I hopped into the back seat of his O one one Chevy Impala. "'My AC don't work. We can't all afford new cars like you,' Jeremy said as I watched him smile through the rearview mirror. "'Oh, did it just go out?' "'No, it never worked.' "'Oh,' I said, trying to hide my disappointment. "'Definitely should have stayed at home.' So who all is performing at this festival? I asked, trying to initiate small talk. I don't know. Last year, the lineup was good, though, Jeremy replied. Gigi, did you go last year? I inquired as if I cared. No, last summer I was backpacking through Europe, Gigi answered. Wow, I didn't realize that, Jeremy said, intrigued. They began to talk about international travels, and I couldn't help but feel as if I was on a group interview. Conversation with me had taken a back seat, literally. By the time we reached our destination, I was thoroughly annoyed. We parked a few blocks away from the park, and Jeremy unloaded a large cooler from his trunk. I had brought blankets with me so we could find a shady place to sit. We were approaching the entrance when Jeremy yelped in pain. "'Ah, I pulled a muscle,' Jeremy screamed, clutching his shoulder. "'Oh no, babe, you okay?' Gigi responded, skipping towards him to massage his neck. Babe, oh girl, real bold with it. I don't think I can carry the cooler now. Ray, can you carry it? Um, hell no. No, I, I doubt I can carry that, I said dismissively. It isn't heavy, Gigi interjected with her unrequested opinion. Maybe you can carry it then. It'll be like backpacking. I said with a petty smile. We walked in a single file line like a crew of worker ants until we finally found a place in the crowded park to sit. Gigi and I both had blankets that we unrolled, and to my surprise, Jeremy opted to sit on Gigi's ratty fleece throw and continued to receive his massage. I'm going to walk around, I said, eager to get away from their foolishness. I go with you, Gigi said, standing up. You don't have to. I was tired of looking like a polygamous couple. As I walked away, I called my guy friend Corey. Corey and I were former co workers turned close friends. Whenever I needed male advice, cloaked in straightforward, slightly hood conversation, I called Corey. Hello? Corey answered in an irritated tone. Corey almost always sounded as if he were upset or in a rush. Bruh. What's good, my G? He said, chuckling. He seemed to foresee my dramatics were to come. I think I'm on Elimidate. What? Eliminate Corey, the old TV show. Eliminate. One, two, three. I began to sing the jingle as people in the line stared at me. You silly. The hell you talking about, though? I'm at the jazz festival with the real estate guy, and he brought another girl on our date. She's been all over him. Corey? I screamed, demanding a response. (laughs) I'm sorry, Ray. I put you on mute so I could laugh. Stuff like that only happens to you. Oh, hush. What am I supposed to do? Shoot, I don't know. Step your game up. This man got a house. You gotta give him a chance. Usually the guys you date don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out of. Text me, though. I'm about to get this haircut. All right, I said with a sigh. Hey, don't be making all them slick comments being petty. That'll just make stuff worse. You're not being petty, are you? Cory, you know I'm being petty. I'm Petty Crocker. Well, all right, my G. I tried to warn you. The date probably not even that bad. You just being bougie and dramatic. I heard him laugh as he hung up, ending the call. When I got back to Jeremy and my new sister wife, I was surprised yet again to see that they were eating. I got me and Gigi some pineapple rice. I didn't think you would want anything. Why wouldn't I want food? He doesn't know me at all. I plopped down on the blanket just as it began to unexpectedly rain. Oh, no, Jeremy, my hair will be wet. Gigi panicked. Instantaneously, Jeremy took off his shirt and held it over her head. I'd had enough. I'm going to Uber back, I said, standing up and dusting the grass off of me. We have to leave anyway. Let's just ride back together, Jeremy replied, with slight concern in his voice. Oh, Jeremy... Your shirt smells like sweet musk, Gigi said, smiling. Sweet musk? These Jezebels really don't play fair anymore. The idea of getting an Uber quickly was unrealistic, so we piled into Jeremy's Impala once again to leave. This time, however, his car wouldn't start. I need a jump, Jeremy said with embarrassment. I pulled out my phone to give the illusion of being helpful, but really I was just texting Corey. A real one just can't catch a break, I typed out and sent quickly. I have AAA, I can... We don't need all that, I got jumper cables, Jeremy said, cutting me off. We spent the next hour sitting in the car, searching for someone to give us a jump. I dozed off waiting, only to awake to the strong stench of marijuana. Gigi was rolling up a blunt, aggressively slobbering and twisting it, when I opened my eyes. While we wait we get high. She asked, motioning the blunt towards me. "'No, I'm good,' I said, opening the car door. I truly reached my limit. I said my goodbyes and opted to walk to Zocalo, a Mexican restaurant a short stroll from Piedmont Park. From there, I ate guacamole to take the edge off. Then I Ubered back to Jeremy's house to retrieve my parked car. When I pulled up to the house, a middle-aged woman was standing outside in a house dress. "'Excuse me, honey, do you know when Jeremy will be back?' Shit, how many women is he dating? I'm I'm not sure. Are you expecting him? I can give him a call. Not really expecting him. I just always ask him to let me know if he's going to be out late. A mother worries, you know. Now it made sense how he could afford such a nice house. It wasn't his. It was clear he lived with his mother. I drove home feeling bamboozled and blaming myself for going on the date. I never should have left the house when I had a pantry full of snacks and a hamper full of laundry to do. Fool me once, shame on. Shame on you. Fool me you can't get fooled again. George W. Bush. And this concludes episode 3 of Memoirs. Be sure to follow Memoirs at www.men-moirs.com. And to check out my Instagram page, therapist underscore bay underscore. Until next time.